What is up gamers? Chris is here and I am with two super sexy brothers. This, this guy again. One. <laughs> and uh, welcome back to the Horton Brothers Grimm, a video game podcast. We really appreciate you guys being here and checking out the old podcast. It's always good to talk to you guys about video games. So we hope Ye you've been enjoying it. Butter churn. <laughs> okay. Butter churn? Really? Come on, man. <laughs> All right, then. It feels like it's been forever since we recorded. Uh, we had our last episode, our stepbrother, Zach, I joined like us. And uh, it was a good, I think we all had a great time. I, if you haven't listened to that podcast yet, go check it out. It's an hour and 45 minutes, but it's really, I think, one of our best you. efforts. And shame, shame on you, yes. That's a good shame. Mm -hmm. But we do welcome you today's episode. we got three awesome games to talk about. Before we do, though, of course, we're going to ask you to make sure that you click the subscribe button to whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and give it a thumbs up to make sure that Everybody there in the rest of the podcast listening universe can check us out. They'll know that we're awesome and they will enjoy it. And if you're on iTunes, you can leave a five-star rating and a comment. That really helps us out greatly on iTunes. So thank you guys for the ones who have done that and for the ones who will do it in the future. We appreciate you so much. And welcome back from your nap. Yes. <laughs> So today's episode, we're talking about three games. Our retro game is going to be Gyrus, a game that uh, no Scott played the heck out of back in the day, and we yeah. all tried our got our we took our hands at the game. We tried our what the heck words am I finding there? That's not the word. <laughs> I don't know. Let me get you a thesaurus, okay? We tried our hand at it too, but Scott was the expert, so he's going to talk about Gyrus. Our present day game is going to be a game called Octopath Traveler, a game I'm live streaming currently on my channel, Bang Bang Potato. And it's really a great RPG exclusive to the Switch, so we'll be talking about that. And then the future game is a game called Witchfire that looks really, really yes. cool. Yes. But there's no information hardly at all about it, so we're just going to talk about it. We'll see what we think. I got a little bit of information and maybe some stuff that the studio has done before. So, yep. so we'll, we'll break it down for you guys. Kind of, we'll, we'll kind of predict what we should expect. All right. Well, thank you guys for being here. Let's get the show on the road. Starting off talking about Gyrus, so Scott, if you're ready, my friend, my brother, tell us all about Gyrus and why it's awesome. Oh, well, this game was awesome for several reasons, not not the least of which was that it was my favorite NES game at the time. It was probably one of the better space shooter games that was ever put out, in my opinion. Um a little bit of background information. The game is a fixed shooter arcade game designed by Yoshiki Okamoto. Originally, it was released by Konami in 1983. It was initially licensed to a company called Century in the U.S. for dedicated cabinet machines. Later, Konami made their own conversion kits for uh, cabinets. Um, Gyrus was also released for both upright cabinets and the cocktail cabinets. And from what I understand, the cocktail cabinets were the ones that they, it was like a table, you know what I mean? In the yeah. bar. Yeah, yeah. The bar. Or inside yeah. the bar, right, yeah. Those I've got something cool. to say real quick. I've got to get this off my chest. Okay. Oh, gosh. Domo arigato, Mr. Mr. Okamato. <laughs> okay, go nice. ahead. Oh, That's all I got. Oh, my yeah, God. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Like I said, this guy again. 
Oh my god! All right, so it was uh, it was released by Parker Brothers in uh, ports for they the. They can't system. even make a good board game. I know, right? But they did they did a good job with this game. They made ports for Atari twenty six hundred, the fifty two hundred, the Atari eight bit family, ColecoVision, and a Commodore sixty four. Uh, Commodore, it, nice. Yeah, I know, right? And uh, an enhanced version for this game was released for the Family Computer Disk System in 1988. What the hell was a Family Computer Disk System? I can only assume that it had something to do maybe with Famicom. I, I'm, I'm not positive, which, you know, later... It no, was, no way. No way it's yeah. Famicom. Famicom was always Famicom and Super Famicom. Oh, okay. Well, it may <laughs> not be then. I don't know. And then I've seen, it was, I've seen uh, stuff about a Family Computer Disk System. I'm going to look this up. While we're talking, go ahead. But I don't know if it's actually the Famicom or not. I don't think it is. It may not be. But anyway. I'm going to look this crap up because this has to be... I'm going to have to get my hands on the system and find out what the hell. Right. Uh, And then it was later released to the Nintendo North American division in early 1989. It was the second and last game that Yoshiki Okamoto designed for Konami. The first game he did... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the fir- dude hey you're absolutely right it was like it it's shortened as a famicom system oh okay so oh, like, it, cool. its original name is family computer disk system what the fuck nintendo <laughs> well there you go no uh, information the first game that mr okamoto did, released or designed was called time pilot uh it says here he was fired from konami over a pay dispute and later went to work for capcom where he developed the games 1942 and Street Fighter 2. Street Fighter 2? Yeah. Who's ever played that? I don't know. Oh, what's you that game? That? Also, I, I... To, to go ahead and finish this off, the Family Computer Disc was an add-on to the Famicom. Oh, nice. Add-on. So okay, apparently was... you went from cartridge to a CD. Was that a CD or a floppy disc? It must have been a floppy yeah, disk. Back then, it had to be a, a floppy because CDs weren't weren't really a big thing back then. Well, not for consumers, think, right? No. Yeah, so it was a floppy disk, probably. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think I've seen mention of that on some stuff I watch on YouTube every once in a while, retro gaming channels. Okay, but yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um. What's you know you guys you, you remember the gameplay the way the style of the gameplay I mean it was um, it was similar to Galaga and Tempest it was presented in a forced 3D perspective which means that the star field would start in the dead center of the screen and then move outward toward the edges of the screen which gave the impression of the ship traveling through space you know in in three dimensions and then. Uh, the ship, your your spaceship, you could move in a in a in a circle, a prescribed perimeter circle around the screen. And then the uh, the NES version had two modes. You could either move by pressing a direction on the D-pad, left, and it would circle around to the left, and then push up. It would circle up, then right down and so forth it would or you could make it you could press one direction or the other left or right and it would circle the screen on its own without having to do any extra button pushing i preferred the continuous motion you pushed left it went all the way around the screen going to the left or press right and it went all the way around going to the right 
Okay. All right. Uh, something that was interesting to me was that the game didn't have a definite end when it was originally released in the cabinets for the arcade systems. Um, yeah, it, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's what a, happened? What were? Well, how would you finish the game? You didn't finish the game. The way it worked is Earth was the last stage mm-hmm. in the initial Why? playthrough. I don't know. There was never. It didn't. They didn't give it an explanation. But Earth was the final stage, and after the Earth bonus stage, you went. All the way back to the beginning and started over at three warps to Neptune. I well, would stab with it, somebody, and it, and it would with it being speed an arcade up. game, though. Yeah, with an, ar- ar- an arcade yeah. game. Yeah, it, it, they did it, it that way. Is why I'm, I'm assuming because you know they wanted to keep you know making quarters off of it, right? <laughs> Put stick your money in. <laughs> yeah, it's all about money making. Then it probably wouldn't they weren't thinking, well, we could sell this on a console one day, or, right? This is more of a. This is an arcade cabinet. We need it to make as many quarters as possible. Did it, it come out of arcade first? Yes, it was released first yeah. in arcade cabinets. That's what yeah. I guess. That was probably what it was because mm-hmm. they weren't thinking that we should sell. They wanted to sell the arcade cabinets, and they want the people who bought them to make money off of them. Right. So that would be a more popular cabinet. That makes sense. And see, how much arcade cabinet cost back then? Damn, I, <laughs> I know they cost telling, a dude. shitload of money now. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, there's not as many being made now, though. Yeah. Well, you had to custom. Especially the retro stuff. Like like, like if you wanted to buy this original gyrus machine, I guarantee you're not going to get that cheap. No. I'm assuming it'd be several hundred thousand dollars. I wonder if there's a George Costanza out there trying to keep it on where he's fucking... <laughs> got the high score. <laughs> high score, sorry. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> we got to have some holes. Where's some holes? That's crazy. For you Seinfeld fans out there, you yeah. know what we're talking yes. about. See, For a certain friend of mine who doesn't watch Seinfeld, you'd need to watch it or you'd understand that joke. Mm-hmm. Which friend was that? Just a friend of mine. Don't matter. Oh. I don't need to specify mm-hmm. who it is. Wow. Just a friend Se- of mine. Was his name Se- Jeremiah? Se- was he a bullfrog? <laughs> could have been. <laughs> Did they he have been. some mighty fine wine? I got to know. <laughs> oh, somebody's got something. I don't know. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> okay, so, and it, it wasn't until the game was remade and re-released for the family computer disc system and the NES that it actually included the boss fights that we know and a definite ending to the story. Nice. And so, when like they the okay. when, when they re-released it for the Nintendo and the, the other system, they added in, what was it, like three stages at the end, which went through Mercury, Venus, and then the Sun, right? Yeah. Sun was the final Since stage. We're the, in the third game. rock from the sun, sure. Right. And so. Are we really a rock or a ball of gas? I, well, it's not a ball of gas. That's good. See? Pay mm. attention. Yes. When the game was remade for home consoles, it was given several revisions. All right. So different nice. enemies were included in the game, along with bosses and a new power weapon called a super phaser. It's what we called the missiles. Yeah, the missiles, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, char- it do a cool little... Right. Like, it was a cool, it was a very well, cool what's sound. What's crazy about that is it like stopped all animation mm-hmm. to fire the fucking Yeah, thing. it did. Everything paused. I'm, I'm pretty sure it had something to do with the amount of RAM or something in the, in the <laughs> cartridge itself. It's like, fuck. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, he pushed that button. <laughs> Stop pushing the button. <laughs> yeah, and it's see, also... The player can enter the Konami code for extra okay. lives, but there's a catch. You have to enter it backwards. 
So to get what you needed for Gyrus, the extra lives, you had to put in A, B, A, B, right, left, right, left, down, down, up, up, instead of up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Did you, yeah, I remember that. Now you say it, I forgot about that. Actually, mm-hmm. that I you had to. I'd forgotten it until I'd done. You know, I've been doing this. Had done this research. Oh um, man, when I tried to play this game the other day, I should have put that in. I died very quickly. <laughs> Could have used some extra lives. Yeah, and it, see the the interesting thing. The, another interesting thing about the arcade cabinets is all the ships looked like the ship that the player was using. All the enemy ships. What? Yeah, they were all the same. There were no, there was nothing different. And see, when they redid it for the consoles, they, they definitely changed them. Then, right? Yeah. They changed the ship models. They made them look like alien ships instead of, you know, fighting other fighter pilots. You know what I mean? <laughs> made alien ships of ships that do not have no idea exists. Yeah, <laughs> we right. even make our own ship. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look like an alien would be in it. How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> the motherfucker told me. Okay. <laughs> They came down, they probed my ass, it whispered sweet nothings into my ear, one of them was about these ships, okay, that's what we changed. Oh my god. Like, I'm down here probing your ass because these ships don't look right, bitch, get them fixed. (laughs) Why me is the question, I'm like, god damn, right? Bro, I'm just a janitor here, man, you got the wrong guy. (laughs) I don't know anything about coding, I just sweep up around here. What's a um, computer? <laughs> now, the uh, this this game's soundtrack. Oh man, was super yes. awesome to me, and and I found out that the background music is just an up tempo electronic arrangement of Johann Sebastian Bach's Toccata and Fugue in D minor, BWV. I don't know what the hell that means. Five six five. That's just the title of the song, right? I'm I'm guessing somebody's confused about BMWs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be that, and it it was it was by far the coolest video game soundtrack I've heard at oh, that particular excellent. time. You know, it, what I mean, it, the music is good in this game. I mean, I, I give you that. I agree. Sound totally. the, the, the music is is wonderful, and the sound effects are freaking crazy. Mm, yeah, uh, I love the sound effects in this game. It's, it's like you say, it's like Galaga, like but it it, it blows Galaga away in sound effects. Mm-hmm. Actually, this would be more towards the game Tempest, right? Yes, right. Because of the going in a circle thing, right? Well, if you go Except back for Tempest, you're a fucking triangle, okay? Shooting triangles <laughs> at other triangles. Yep. <laughs> in a clear triangle world, okay. If you go back and you look at some of the gameplay footage from the arcade version of this game, you'll see the the similarity similarity to Galaga in the fact that like when You're the talking sh- about the waves of the ships yeah, come in the, yes. when the waves come in some of the ships would actually break off from the wave and come at you and fire at you at the same time and, right of course and you had to you know you had to dodge they didn't really do that as much in the uh, in the console the NES version yeah it didn't it was more of a strict pattern now i've seen them shooting the freaking uh Spaghettios at me, okay. Yeah, no, they did. They did shoot a little bit every or once the in a while. Spaghetti X's, but it wasn't. It wasn't anything like the arcade version. In the arcade version, when the first, when the waves of the ships would come in, they all came in from different angles, different spots. Of course, they did that on the NES, but there would be like five or six ships break off and come at you, firing at the same oh, time. Yeah. Now, on the NES version, it didn't do that. 
it just trying to get that quarter right and it would shoot you know, a quarter it would send out one or two ships and you might get a couple of bullets coming at you here and there which was easily dodged now the uh interesting the another interesting thing was that the the, the little x's you remember those the little x's that would pop up sometimes yes. they would have the 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 blue the spaghetti x's yeah, they would. Oh no, no, you're talking about the bo- uh, the bonus thing. Yeah, the the power up. Sometimes they would have yes. the the double blaster power up and mm-hmm. the right. the phaser Which would and be all the, that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, in the arcade version, it was just three little X's. They called them satellites, and they would float around on the screen and shoot at you unless you first destroyed them or ignored them long enough that they just floated off the screen. Yeah, because the in the NES version, you had to actually shoot the power up, mm-hmm. and the two satellites would drag the power up with them. Right now, sometimes three X's did appear in the, in the NES. Yep. Instead of giving you a bonus. Yep. Those were the times where you were you begging. Be off, yes. You were begging for the double blasters because you'd gotten killed. I need killed. a blaster. <laughs> I need a, a missile. I need. I need yeah. something. Jesus. That's right. <laughs> Turns you into a desperate fool. That kind of shit happens whenever you're uh, facing that eyeball at the end of the game, and then some bitch oh, throwing man. other little mini eyeballs at you, right? You fool! <laughs> Do you remember that game? Okay, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, Omega Virus, if anybody wants to know. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's a good board game. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you fool. You should check out... Uh, uh, there's a show on YouTube. The same guy does Angry Video Game Nerd. He does one called Board James. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've watched those. That's the, fucking fantastic. That is a great freaking episode. I man. still, I wish I had the Omega Virus we had before, but you know us, we tore that shit to hell. Oh know? yeah, it was it was in pieces and scattered all over. It was because we got mad at it and it was creepy. Right? <laughs> it yeah. was a creepy game, man. When you would get close to being in the room with him, he's like, "Oh, you going around?" And he starts. Talking weird, and I'm like, man, I'm done. I'm done. With I think I'm just gonna let the ship blow up and die. I think, I'm yeah, gonna, yeah, I'm it's uh, yeah, I gotta go like butter some popcorn or something. I, <laughs> hey, buttered popcorn sounds delicious right now. I'll see you guys in a minute. <laughs> uh, my review of this game I, I spent many hours playing this game, I've beaten the Nintendo version on several occasions. It took up a lot of my time when I was a teenager. I loved it, man. It was it was just I, I liked the different approach to the whole spaceship shooter game because of the moving around the screen in a different way instead of just being at the bottom and moving back and forth, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah, very I cool. Mean, it, it was it was just it was really cool. The boss fights were intense. The final boss of the game was freaking awesome. I mean, you had a giant eyeball shooting lasers at you, throwing out many versions of itself. I mean, it was nerve-wracking, but it was a very satisfying end to the game. That son of a bitch. Yeah. I mean, if if any of you listeners have the opportunity to play this game, I recommend that you do it. it what is, was the name of the, the bad guy that was supposedly, like, controlling all this shit? Uh, you know, I don't do think we ever... I don't think we ever got the guy's name, did we? Did they ever name him? I, I don't know. All I know is That's that there I was. was a, I just know there's a picture of him. Yeah, there was a picture of the of a guy in a cape and a bald head. That was all we ever got, as far as a hey, bald guy. Hey, let's don't let's don't talk about bald heads. Okay. <laughs> uh, this game is in definitely definitely in my top three games that I've ever played, uh, and that's Lifetime. It, it was it was a really cool game. I enjoyed it. 
the one thing I remember about this game was watching you play it first of all, because you were really good. You could make it pretty far in the game in one playthrough. Um, but we, I remember I always would get a hold of the game and just seriously, I just played it because the sound effects and the music was awesome. And the game was fun. Mm-hmm. The moving around circles. I played it because you guys played it, and I was tired of Mario. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean we we had played Mario to death. I remember that one time we beat it like twenty six times in a row. Yep, um, those Beatles can really run. They were moving so fast you couldn't even play the game anymore. Like you get killed by the Goomba at the beginning of the stage. Yeah, just yeah, as that soon was... as you start, it's like start and do 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 do. <laughs> That was another one of those games that once you finished it the first time, it got faster as you went. Yes, you could keep playing. Yep. Uh, so it made it more challenging, and that's that's a good old Nintendo way and the yep. NES way. Well, see what uh, one of the one of the other things I liked about playing this game was the fact that all of us would play it. I mean, hell, even Dad got in on the action with us. He'd try to he'd try to beat our high scores. You know, it was always it was always fun. Oh yeah, Dad got got in on it, and we would all sit in the living room on the big screen playing it. it was, mm, yep, it was really cool. It's a great experience, and it's one of those games where you know I don't know if they even make stuff like that anymore. That family can play and it's challenge each other on, and yeah. I mean, you still make stuff like that, but you're actually playing against each other multiplayer. Yes, but like mm-hmm. this is just a cool game for a group of people to sit down and play together and see yep. how far you can make it, especially with the control switch. Because the control scheme on this game had two different control settings. You could go backwards or forwards. Could uh, well, they had an invert. There was an invert to it. So, which one did you use? It was mode one or mode two. B. He used it was B. mode B. B. That mode was mode A and B, where you only had to press either left or right to go all the way around the screen. Yes, because in mode A you had to hit up, down, yeah. all that to move that around was, the screen. That was a bitch. Let me tell you. Yeah, that sucked. And I'm pretty sure it was inverted. As well, it's it was, yeah, yeah. So it was very complicated. So mode B was a was there for us people who do not want to go insane. <laughs> well, we could just hold the joystick. Well, if you had the NES advantage, you could hold the joystick. Now, if you're one of those poor souls that never got one of those, I'm sorry. Yes, no doubt. Yeah, I was not your bad. parent. <laughs> um, your your life had no meaning at that point. So. Maybe by now you've uh, earned the right to spend your own money (laughs) and buy a joystick. Yeah, if it it hadn't been for the NES Advantage playing that game would have been a a pain in the ass. I mean, I'm so doubt. The NES Advantage when we were younger seemed like it was so huge. I know, right? Right? So it seemed like it was so huge, but when I had one a couple of years ago, that thing was tiny. I'm like, what the hell is this? That's not what I ordered. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember and, whenever I would play so, whenever I would play this game, we had you remember we had the old cabinet stereo, right? The one that had the had the big tall speakers yes. with it that sat outside of it. I'd take yes. one of the speakers and set it over in front of the TV like ten feet away. Yes. And I'd I set the joystick this. on top of the speaker and, and, and stand there and play it like I was playing the arcade like I was playing he, in the arcade. He would also sit with his legs crossed in front of him too and have the joystick angled down sometimes when he didn't have something to prop it on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That and was... we had the brown carpet. Yeah, the old shag carpet. <laughs> Could hold eighties. 80s goodness. That's why this game is serious. This is this is this, if we had like a family crest, the graphics for this game would be on it. 
Like the, right. the the box, it had it would have to be on it. This is one of the games we played a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's really great memories. Good stuff, man. But uh, guys, if you want to see this game in action, go check out our channel Horton Brothers Grimm because Scott has a let's play video, a recorded video up on the channel right now of him playing this game. So go check it out if you're interested in seeing what it's all about. And then go find it and play it for yourself. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's really cool. Yep, it's an awesome game. And yeah, go check out that video, man. It's um, I, I didn't make it all the way to the end, but still, it was a lot of fun. I don't think it made it anywhere near the end, but that's okay, too. Hey, I made it to like level 30-something, maybe. Yeah, 30-something. Yeah, there's only like 39 stages. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Screwed up. Sometimes you gotta get beat. Sometimes you lose. It's okay. That's what games all about. You get back on the horse. I'll I'll try it again at some point. I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make another like video. Enough. Oh yeah, we're well, definitely looking forward to seeing that, guys. Go check it out. Make sure you subscribe to that channel while you're over there. Right, well, y'all have anything else to add about Gyrus tonight? I'm good uh, on Gyrus, fellas. And I think we covered it. All right, awesome. Well, we're gonna go into a commercial break. Uh, this one will be the. YouTube channel commercial, I guess. <laughs> so you just heard one. <laughs> You're going to hear another one right now. So we're going to really drown you with it today, guys. So enjoy this commercial about our YouTube channel. And our next commercial after the next segment is going to be our soundtrack spotlight. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. All right, we'll see you after the break. Horton Brothers Grimm listeners, do you love our podcast? Do you find yourself wanting more of our witty banter and underwhelming knowledge of video games? then you are in luck. Go to our YouTube channel for Let's Plays and live streams of retro games featuring all three brothers. To find our channel, just click the link in the description of this episode or search Horton Brothers Grimm on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell while you're there so you never miss a new video. We want to thank you again for all your support. But now, let's get you back to the show. All right, everybody, thank you for sticking around after the break. We are back, and it's time to talk about this episode's current day game and Twinkies. Octopath Traveler is the game we're going to be discussing. This game is 26 words, bro. I got 1,026 words written on this game. (laughs) I did it. I did it, guys. That's me. I typed that up. I'm skilled. uh, Good thing Scott has Microsoft Word because he can't count. Yeah. (laughs) We was waiting on him to count the words, legitimately count them. Uh, we would never record this. So, anyway, Octopath Traveler is a Square Enix game. It is a Nintendo Switch exclusive title. Yeah, yeah. Which is insane, because Nintendo hasn't got that much love from Square Enix for a long time. It's been a while. Well, it's tried to, over. I researched it. Tried to figure out if I was wrong about this, but the last time Nintendo had an exclusive title from Square, aka Square Enix 2, as they, you know, formed a merger later, it was like 1995. What was wow. the game? I don't even remember. Chrono I don't Trigger. even remember the game. 
going to be a Chrono Trigger, or Secret of Mana, Secret Evermore, one of those. Because at the time when Square was putting out their RPGs, they were going straight to Super Nintendo, period. Sega Genesis wasn't getting them. It was strictly Super Nintendo. So, this game, Octopath Traveler, it's a one-player game. It came out July 13th, so it's very new. I I've been it. playing it. It's great. I bought it off of my Amazon Prime. I got 20% off. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, we're not doing any free advertising for Amazon here. <laughs> but it's awesome. And I've been playing it on my uh, channel, Bang Bang. Potato! And it's really good, a really fun game. It's it's an old school role playing adventure game, guys. It's just really got a great feel to it as far as the retro feel. But it's also got some awesome, beautiful graphics. So I, I'm just glad it didn't turn up like uh, Mystic Quest. Ooh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> this game is solid this is a solid RPG if you're an RPG fan trust me Octopath Traveler is worth your time it's worth your 80 to 100 hours of gameplay talent that's a lot of time so I've got this document written up as Scott mentioned it's a thousand twenty words it's kind of an essay with documents I did a little research here and there and I thought and a lot of the stuff I typed up was just my own thoughts so I'm going to go through it as best I can. Enjoy. An ode to Octopath Traveler. Oh, yes. So I want to start Chris. off talking about the relationship between Square. Now that they're now they're called Square Enix because they merged with Enix in 2003. Um, so old school turn-based role-playing games have been a staple of Square Enix since the 80s. During the NES and the Super Nintendo areas, Nintendo had exclusivity to many RPG games made by Square. As I was saying, they are now known as Square Enix. Some of which include Final Fantasy, Secret of Mana, Secret of Evermore, and Chrono Trigger. Now, Chrono cool Trigger note about awesome. Chrono Trigger, so good. Um, a cool note about Final Fantasy: the reason they named it Final Fantasy is because they felt that that was fixing to be their last game they ever made. That was their so only game. They named yeah. it. No, they made several games before Final Fantasy, but they were not having a very successful run of it. Yeah, I remember they were going to go under. They were going to go under. They put yeah. every bit of the last money they had into it. Yeah. And that's the reason they called it Final Fantasy, because they thought that was the final game they were ever going to make. Turns out it's... Final it, Fantasy Fifteen. Yeah. It turned their whole thing around. They, their whole company is now one of the biggest game makers out there. Great game, though. Final Fantasy was fucking awesome. I mean... Oh, my God, yeah. yes. I mean, and all those other ones, like Secret of Mana, Chrono Trigger, that's two of the ones I remember playing, too. Chrono they Trigger were, was awesome, and then... Hop to the PlayStation, Chrono Cross. Yep, Chrono Cross. Exactly the sequel. Now, speaking of PlayStation, here's where the relationship between Square and Nintendo kind of went awry. Uh, 96, PlayStation was out, and they had CD-based games. And Square went to Nintendo because they had Final Fantasy VII. They were creating the game. They were basically almost done with the game. And they told Nintendo, we really need you guys to create, your next system needs to be CD-based. Because our Final Fantasy VII game is going to require at least three discs. It's so big. And, of course, Nintendo made a fatal error and said, nope. <laughs> they said, no, Shame we will not. You, Nintendo. Shot what the hell is wrong with you? Shot what themselves the in the foot on that one. Foot, oh, yeah. the ass, the arm. Oh the my neck. god, yes. <laughs> they shot it everywhere they could. Barely any flesh left. <laughs> and 
It's like, they're like, no, we're just sticking with the cartridge because that's our staple. That's what people know us for. We have the cartridges. So Nintendo 64 stuck with the cartridges. Well, Final Fantasy 7 went, Square took Final Fantasy 7 to PlayStation and PlayStation signed on to an exclusivity contract for all the games that they were releasing. Forever. And so Final Fantasy was on PlayStation systems. Uh, I think the, the last, Final Fantasy, what was Final, the, the Final Fantasy? Which one? 14 or 13 is when they started putting it on Xbox. Um, Finally. Shit, don't give me a lie to you. I think it was uh, maybe 11. Yeah, it was something in there. It was uh, all the way to Final Fantasy 10, which was, they did a few games in between it. They were stuck with PlayStation and they put other games on PlayStation as well. Like Colonel Cross, like you mentioned. So PlayStation was getting all the business. Um, so we know how it all worked out for Nintendo because PlayStation kept Final Fantasy up until they had exclusivity up until December 13th, 2002, which was six years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Square released a game, Chocobo Choco Land, a game of dice on the Game Boy Advance. That was the <laughs> next Final Fantasy installment on a Nintendo system. <laughs> wow. Uh, they went from uh, Final Fantasy VI to Chocobo Be- Choco Land, a game of dice. Oh, and, how uh, the mighty have fallen. <laughs> All right, I think it was Final <laughs> Fantasy thirteen that went to Xbox because it was so, on the 360. Yeah, 360, yep. So 13 was the finally when Square put it on a different system besides PlayStation, so that's a long time. And Final mm. Fantasy seven, one of my favorite games ever. Oh, yes. Final Fantasy seven is... And I have it in Steam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Final nice. Fantasy seven is considered one of the greatest games ever made. And uh, Nintendo's just like, nah, we're just going to keep our cartridges. Y'all throw that crap and go to give it to PlayStation. We don't care. Although, in Nintendo's defense, they did make CD-based games or Blu-ray, DVD, whatever the hell. They ended up with the GameCube and the Wii U. Those systems were trash. Yeah, Nintendo well, had a bad run. Not total trash, but it was it was uh, it was trash. Yeah, Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo had a bad run. The Switch uh, is fucking phenomenal. And the Switch is out now, of course. We're about to talk more about the game. And back and to the cartridge and games back to they the cartridge. went. But but you <laughs> it's look different at, now. Look at the look at the freaking the flash memory though that you can do now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a whole different technology. Two hundred fifty six gigabyte chips that you can buy for sure. Solid states have gone to f- terabytes now. Yep. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, the, the technology of today took the CDs kind of went away and it's back to cartridges. But it's, dude, it's, CDs for real um, are going to be out of some retailers soon. And yeah, it's, gonna yeah, be it's, insane. it's a I dying. Mean, you, could, you do like online order for your CD or DVD. Uh, you can still get a, it from them, but most yeah. everything's digital. So. Yeah, it's an almost dead media for real. It's yeah. almost dead. Sort of that and Betamax. <laughs> <laughs> Beta. So, what, Betamax. Well, the good news for... Back to Let's the... buy something and have to rebuy it when it fucking dies. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Nintendo's woes with Final Fantasy games. the uh, Or just uh, Square Enix games, uh, really. 
But Final Fantasy, stick, you know, st- sticks out because that's like the flagship for Square Enix. Um, but they did release another Final Fantasy game after Chocobo Land a week later on December 19th, 2002. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced. Was an awful, yeah. awful game. So they were throwing Nintendo the games that they really just weren't having success with anyway. It's so like, here's a bone. Yeah, here's Nintendo. a bone. So the Take relationship. This game. Throw me a freaking bone here. Relationship between Square Enix and Nintendo got better after that, but not great because now we know that Square Enix has released some Final Fantasy games on Nintendo systems since, but they've mostly been for the DS and 3DS family of systems and side story type of Final Fantasy games. Never, never the flagship sequel release versions that appear on the PlayStation. 2. Or they were ports from the, the regular Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Right, they did port Pretty a lot sure of Pretty sure you still get like Final Fantasy 3 and shit like that for the DS. Oh yes, that was a lot of what they were doing on the Nintendo handheld. So a lot of stuff they were just retreading, redoing it, putting it back out on the systems. Where new gamers, you know, younger gamers could experience it too, which makes sense. Um, and I say all this, guys, I'm talking about all this stuff because the game I want to talk about, Octopath Traveler. Finally. It is... It is an exclusive RPG-style original game from Square Enix. And this is huge for the Switch. And Square uh, Square Enix being on board is great. Because it's going to help increase the Switch's third-party support. Because Square Enix being on board with exclusive titles, that's that's big. Mm-hmm. Uh, Octopath Traveler is an, ex- it's an exclusive title, and it's, and it's an old-school RPG, you know. That's what I like about this game. When I saw it, uh, the previews and the trailers for it, I was immediately like, okay, this got it. This has to be played. Plus, you can play it on the Switch. So you can take it anywhere you want. You can sit in the bed and play it, or you can get on your TV and play it because we know that's how the Switch works. So, yes. talking about the game, when you load up Octopath Traveler, you know you're about to experience an RPG that would probably most likely be remembered as a classic. The music and graphics take you back to the old school feel of games like Chrono Trigger and Secret Mana. Secret of Mana. It's really got that feel to it. You're just like, oh my god, it hits you immediately. The opening music and everything. Uh, Octopath Traveler contains eight characters for the player to start with. Once you choose your character, you begin their story. After you complete the story, you set out across the world to find more party members to help you reach your goal. Uh, Once you reach a town, you will find another character that you could have chosen at the start, but now you can talk to them and add them to your party, which I think is an awesome feature like, you pick a character, you might have a hard time picking one of the eight, you know. But then, you can just go set out and find them other ones anyway and add them to your party. Now, oh, the element, cool. yeah, I think it's really cool. Uh, the element I really like about is this, Abumula. <laughs> the <laughs> element I really like about is this. Today, Junior. Today, Junior. The game gives you an option to go through that character's storyline mission before you make them a party member. So once you go talk to them, it actually asks you, do you want to go through this character's opening intro story, basically? And that's pretty neat, because you can actually see what they're experiencing and why their motive, what their motivation is to travel with you as a party. I like this because I can pick characters that I was interested in, but I didn't choose them, and now I can see what their story is all about. And... I also like that they give you an option to not go through the storyline. So if you're playing for a second time, you won't have to be bothered with the introduction mission and continue on your journey undelayed. To clarify, you don't have to go through their introduction storyline, but you will have a mission 
to help them with before you can set out on the party's journey. So once you add them, you help them complete a, a little small part of their story. And basically it's called chapter one. And mm-hmm. then after that, you travel to other segments on the map. A little, uh, They've got little markers set up for the next chapter of that character. It'll say chapter two of this character come over here. So you try to locate that. So it makes you travel across this map, which of course leads you into lots of random battles and leveling up your characters. So it all works pretty smoothly when you do that. So you can recruit all eight characters to be part of your team. So you can go around to each town and get all the characters on your team. But you can only use four at a time for battles. And they have to be active. You have active party members. You have idle party members. Of course. So then you have... That's cool that you can pick all eight. So you can experience all the storylines and everything in one playthrough, which I think is cool. I wonder if they'll do something like they did with Final Fantasy where... uh, you could split them up into, like, you take four people with you, and then the other four have gone and done something else, and then y'all converge on one boss at the end, and then you had to pick, like, which four is going into the final battle and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Well, hmm. actually, no, this one's not like that. Um, it's more of a, you get the team, you get all the characters, and then you just go finish storylines. So you're, each character, each of the eight characters has their own story. So there's no, it's not one big story. But how do they intertwine though? I mean, they, you sure there's no like, yeah, that's why it's called traveler. Story? There's not. Okay. That's why it's called Octopath traveler. Cause you're traveling and you, you're in your travel. You discover people that have, uh, something they're trying to accomplish, but they need your help too. Hmm. So once you go to the town, you talk to the character they'll have a green bubble above their head. You talk to them. And then they kind of, basically, they, the reason you go through the storyline is they basically tell you what they're going through. And then after that, once you finish the story, then they're like, oh, you want to, you will help me? I barely know you. That's awesome. And you got, and you join up with them. That's how it works. And then you travel. The travel part, you go to the next part of each of their storylines. It's on different parts of the map. So you can go through each storyline. Uh, the only character you can't take out of your party is the one you pick at the beginning your main character. And the only way you can take them out of your party is if you def- go complete their storyline first. Yeah. So you go through their storyline and then you can take that person out and add another person to the party, which, I mean, if you pick the character you like at the beginning, you're probably going to want to keep them in your party anyway. Mm-hmm. Cause but I how picked, do you know if you like them? Well, you just like their job or whatever their job is. Did you uh, found out like what the max level is of the characters or anything, or is it just ninety nine like it used to be? I do you know I, I didn't even uh, I didn't look into that. That's a good question. Uh, if y'all want to look that up real quick while I keep talking, it would be cool. I don't uh, know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know what the max level is. I do know that there's certain parts of the certain levels, certain areas of the map you can't. You can't do anything with because it'll say you, you need to be level forty eight. So one of your characters has to be level forty eight. To go into that area. Hmm. Not, all of them don't have to be. Just one of them. And it doesn't have to be that specific character whose story it is. It just, as long as one of your characters is 48. You yeah, can go. it's 99. It's 99 just in their, cla- you so know, their you classic style of... So yeah, so 99 is maxed of. out. That's pretty cool. I, mean, that, that, I think that makes sense that Square Enix is how they do it. So anyway, you, once you get that character, new uh, places pop up on your map. So you can go see their chapters. Now, that's one thing is you can play through this game. You don't have to go get all the characters. 
you don't have to do it. You can just do whatever. As long as you get a party of four, you're probably in good shape. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's probably it's pretty cool that you can go get all the characters and then go through their storylines and just it's a lot of replayability to the game and it's also got eight different stories, eight different endings basically. Nice. But it's, but it's for each individual character. So you can actually get all the character storylines completed in one playthrough. So it will motivate you to keep playing. Um, the fighting mechanics in this game are smooth. And I really fucking enjoy the fights, guys. These fights are fun, man. Uh, after each turn, any character still standing receives a boost point. And these boost points are really nice. Use the boost points. You can use the boost points at any time to increase the strength of any attack or spell. And you can save up to five boost points, but you can use three at once for a maximum power of an attack or a spell. Uh, which are really cool, and it, it, it's, it makes you feel like kind of like a Dragon Ball Z character or something. Like they charge up their attacks, and every time you hit R to charge, they're like they say they'll say something cool, or they're like ah, ah, they just go get crazy with it. It's pretty cool. Uh, and inside the fights, when you're fighting the enemies, they have a vulnerability bar, which shows you what attacks they're weak against. So if you got your party set up right, you can strategize your attacks and stuff against each one and it's pretty cool and you have to when you encounter new enemies you haven't fought before they will have a question mark on their bars and it will reveal one of their weaknesses automatically for you but then after that so, you gotta go ahead so after that you just have to fight them and see what works is there an extensive bestiary in the game like it keeps track of all the the monsters as far as uh, like a list that you can pull up on the pause menu or something? Right, exactly. That I don't know. I haven't checked that either. That's a good question. Uh, but I haven't... My, as far as my playthrough goes, I haven't done that. I haven't looked for that on a menu. I'm sure it's got to have something like that, though. Because the game remembers... Like, if you fought an enemy before, it remembers their vulnerabilities and all that stuff for you. So, like, if you can counter them again, you've already got their weaknesses pinpointed and you already have it. And you can just fight them based off that. Hmm, that's cool. Um, the one character I like so far that helps with that is uh, his name is Cyrus, and he's you know he's into spells and stuff, and he has an analyze skill, and he can detect the enemy's weaknesses without attacking them. So he's pretty helpful. So all I had to keep him in the group then. And you can increase like you know how you boost. You can boost his analyze and then pick one of them, and it'll give you like two or three at once. So it it makes his analyze stronger when you actually use the boost points. So I think it's pretty neat. Pretty neat. That the boost points actually help that skill. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It comes in handy, I bet. Oh, it's very cool. It's really neat because uh, there's things you need to do. And it helps you with the strategy on the fights. As I think I got it in my notes here. Um, so once you have the weaknesses, of course, you start using those attacks. The weaknesses are actually very specific so, like, you can't just say, they're not going to say a, 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 a powerful attack or something like that. It's actually, you can attack them with a dagger or a sword or a spear or an axe or a certain spell. So, it's really specific to what, to each enemy and what each character would actually have. So, sometimes you encounter enemies that have zero weaknesses against the party you currently have. So, you got no abilities on your party that would actually hurt that thing. Oh, so, crap. then you... But, <laughs> So each one of them has special abilities, luckily, that will make a little bit more of a powerful attack, but it still weakens it because your attack's not very strong because you're, the weapon you're using with that special attack's not something they're vulnerable to. That's crazy. So, so yeah, you can get to some sticky situations. Sticky um, stitches. 
Sticky stitches, baby. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool fighting system, really. It makes you think and really work. Um, and because the, the fights are very fast paced and they're not easy, like these fights aren't playing with you. They're not. It's not just little simple fights. Every once you start getting into the game, the fights just keep getting tougher and tougher, and more enemies appear as your party grows. The, their parties grow, but there also there's a there's a um, thing you can do using the vulnerability bar. You can break the enemies. And it puts them in a paralyzed state. Basically, if you use the strong attack that they're weakest against, you hit them a couple of good times, it breaks them and it paralyzes them. And you actually get bonus points and bonus XP for breaking the enemy. How many turns does it uh, stun them for? Uh, it stuns them for one turn. One full oh, turn. <laughs> and it actually lets you fight before, like... So if you break them, and it goes to that turn. If, say, you got a couple more of your party members that went, they get to attack. And then their party goes again, and then... Then it becomes unparalleled. So you get a couple, or two, two good rounds basically to you know, beat them up a lot more. And it really comes in handy when you're fighting a boss. Um, and it also it gives you some time if you break the enemies. Say if you they got three or four of them and you break them, you got them all breaking at the same time, which happens a lot if you use certain spells. Um, then it gives you time to say if they're a really powerful enemy, you can go heal up your characters and stuff. Use your mm. items, which really cool because it makes the fights still got to have some strategy because once they come out if you're fighting some powerful dudes they'll they'll hit you hard right especially on the boss fights um the boss is actually your you have to discover their weaknesses too so i think it's really cool i think I, I, you know games like this i would think they may not apply that to the bosses to make any game tougher but they actually give you that strategy with them as well right because the bosses aren't are not freaking easy at all yeah, I know that uh, that fight. I guess that was a boss fight that I watched you do on the stream the other night about the pirates and stuff. Yeah, that's uh, that big son bitch. He was mean, dude. You you had a hell of a time killing him. Yeah, it was tough, man. And the uh, one thing I love about the bosses is that they're huge compared to the other enemies. They're like mm. they make them super big, and you're yeah. those these little tiny little dudes. You're fighting this huge man, like. It's pretty cool. I like the graphics and stuff, how they make that look with the boss. It really makes you feel like you're fighting something very intimidating. Yeah. But, you know, there's plenty more things I could detail about this. But the the last thing I'll talk about is the soundtrack. Uh, I've been playing lots of games lately that have had great soundtracks. I'm getting lucky here. Uh, this one is, is just as good. Uh, Square Enix put a lot of emphasis on the music in this game. And it makes it so much more fun when you're on these kind of games. You guys know that you kind of grind out the levels. Oh, yeah. It's all about getting your party leveled up and getting them stronger before you can go to the next parts of the game. It's a Square Enix RPG. You can't just go to any spot in the game and be safe. A lot of these areas got some bad dudes. And if you're not, you know, strong enough, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it makes it a lot better when the music's great. And this music is great. And that's what our soundtrack spotlight's actually going to be on the Octopath Traveler soundtrack. So, guys, we'll be hearing that in just a minute. Um, but that is my 1,026-word review <laughs> oh, God. of Octopath Traveler. We knew it might take a minute. but And that's just all my thoughts on the game from playing it um, so far. 1,026 words. I say you did a thorough job there. <laughs> yes, yes, very thorough. Yes, 
the the listeners may not be very they might be asleep right now, guys. <laughs> Wake up. Wake up. I'm done talking about it, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a fantastic game. If you got a switch, hook this up. You like RPGs, I mean. It's, it's a this fantastic it. voyage. This is gonna oh, be huge for funny. Nintendo. There's third party support and Square Enix is already making a division in their uh, production studios specifically for Switch games. Oh, so, nice. So the Switch has really impressed Square Enix, and I think Nintendo's building that relationship stronger with them. So maybe we'll see the next Final Fantasy sequel. The, the flagship sequels, maybe we'll, the Switch will get the next one. We'll see. I don't know. Depends on the graphics and stuff. But it's pretty cool. Well, that is all I have to say about it. You guys have any notes or anything you'd like to add about Octopath Traveler? I don't, except for the fact that I really want this game. So, <laughs> so this has been like a pretty, it's been pretty much torture for you, hasn't it? Give me the game. <laughs> and when I beat it, I will, I will swap it with you. Oh, four. God of War four. PlayStation four. Thank you. Um, I. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and the hesitation. I I don't know. We'll work on it. We'll work on that deal. We'll let you guys know the update of that deal. This ain't Gamefly. This is Game Pro. It was. You need to just broke me the games. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll hold on to it for you. You let me hold yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let him hold it for just a minute. <laughs> so let me hang out too. I still want to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just let me see it, man. Let me see it. Just let me look at it. I do have a place where it can reside. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have that negotiation. We'll keep you updated on, on that. Negotiation 2018. Well, okay. <laughs> but anyway, I guess if you guys don't have anything else to add. Yeah, I says it's break time. It's break time, and we're going to have a soundtrack break. spotlight, as I just mentioned what it. The f- it's What's soundtrack that? spotlight of Octopath <laughs> Traveler soundtrack. I think so. Grape Ape made his way into the conversation. <laughs> Probably. Hey, Bigly, Bigly. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no. Grape Ape. <laughs> break time. Break time. Enjoy the soundtrack spotlight, guys, I hope. And uh, hope you do enjoy it. And we'll talk to you in just a moment with our future game, Witchfire. Witchfire. Hi, listeners. This is Chris, and today I bring you another edition of Horton Brothers Grimm, a Soundtrack Spotlight. Soundtrack Spotlight is brought to you by Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle, save a bundle on games, give a bundle to charity, and support our podcast to get your bundle on now. Click on our partner link in the description of this podcast. It speaks volumes for a soundtrack so early into its release to be the subject of today's soundtrack spotlight. And when you put your ears near Octopath Traveler's official soundtrack, you're going to want to turn that volume up. Composed by Yasunori Dashiki, his goal was to create a soundtrack that would bring back feelings from our childhood that are frozen deep inside of us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Nashiki turned up the heat with this soundtrack and did just that. The modern sounds mixed with old school rhythms really make your heart beat with intense battle themes and spirited character titles. The soundtrack consists of 22 tracks and the standout for me is Octopath Traveler's main theme, but all these tracks are something special to behold. With the orchestral feel 
of all these songs, you'll want to crawl up in a comfy chair, read a book, and be swept away with this incredible ensemble of instruments. If you want to experience the soundtrack for yourself, it is available on iTunes for $7.99, or you can order a physical copy off Square Enix's Japanese Octopath Traveler website for $27. If you don't feel comfortable ordering from a foreign language website, I've seen copies selling on eBay for $65, although that is quite the price gouge. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Horton Brothers Grimm Soundtrack Spotlight, brought to you by Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle, save a bundle on games, give a bundle to charity and support our podcast. To get your bundle on now, click on our partner link in the description of this podcast. Right, thank you guys for sticking around after the break. Hope you enjoyed the soundtrack spotlight of Octopath Traveler's awesome soundtrack. Go check it out. Listen to it on YouTubes and stuff. And um, we're going to start our future game topic now, and we're going to have to listen to Zach talk for a little while. Uh, I Why apologize. would you want to do that? I apologize <laughs> in advance, guys, but enjoy <laughs> this Witchfire discussion, future game. Well, the best news is. You don't have to listen to me for long. <laughs> That's true. Be- because there's there's not a lot of information out there. Two hundred and eighty words. Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> I win the words battle. <laughs> Anyways. So the company that's making Witchfire, their name is the Astronauts. They're oh I'm liking the name as people can fly. And, uh, they also, yeah, right. Uh, they also worked with Epic Games once, which we all know created Fortnite, right? Mm-hmm. So they worked with Epic Games on a game called Bullet Storm. Um, oh, People nice. Can Fly made Painkiller, one of my all-time favorite games ever. Yes, that was a um, great game. Yes, I, I I still say it's one of the greatest games ever made. Just for the simple fact of the different weapons you get to use, uh, the story was kind of fucking just weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get in a car wreck, you die, go to hell, and you, you got to battle your way back to your woman, you know. Hey, you know what it reminds me of? You remember? Uh, dri- you remember Drive Angry? Yeah, Drive Angry. Nicholas Cage is a great, great yeah. movie. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, the <laughs> it's like <laughs> you do that, and I'm gonna fuck you up. You know, <laughs> that was the the chick. I guess that was. Uh, she was also in a movie called uh, I don't know. Forget it was something about not giving up or something. Never back down. That's it. Um. Anyways, moving on. Hmm? Um. Which fire? Uh. As far as we know, uh, as far as what they've told us, the astronauts themselves. Maybe we won't become astronauts and be crazy people. Who knows? It's a dark fantasy shooter. All right, there is a trailer on YouTube. Please watch it because it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The game looks brilliant. Okay, like it, it. The trailer basically, you're walking in the woods. This rock with a skull engraved in it uh, lights up, and then this portal opens, and you go into that, and then you're walking around, and you see this some kind of weird thing laying on the ground. And all of a sudden, it gets up and looks at you, and of course, it's got a skull face. So you're like, you're like, what the hell's going on? And um, I think there was a 
on their website, if you go to their website, they show one streamer's reaction to it, and he's like going off. He's like, I'm tired of all this fucking VR shit and all this other stuff. And uh, all of a sudden, the guy pulls the gun, the, the character pulls a gun. He's like, wait a, hit. Wait a, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, I got mm-hmm. a, he's got a gun. So <laughs> he wasn't expecting a shooter out of there. He was expecting, you know, first person. He's like, oh, first person. I'm thinking VR, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, of course, he just goes on after that. Well, it could be like one of those, uh, what's they call walking games, like where you just walk through the game and see oh, an adventure, walking an adventure game. Yeah, yeah adventure yeah. game. You don't really but do anything, also, but just Well, walk see, around. they did They did make adventure games. Um, the people that are the astronauts or, or people can fly. They made uh, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, a couple other games. Uh, Vanishing of Ethan Carter... Pretty much a classic. Uh, then they redid it, re-released it. I can't remember what year that was, but anyway, they did it, and it was a very popular game. Yeah, I remember when that but came the reason, out. Yeah, the reason they named themselves the Astronauts is because they want to do more than just one type of genre game. So... Everybody, you know, they don't want to be looked at as like, oh, we're just going to do adventure games. So, so that's why they're making a first-person shooter now, and hopefully it works out. Uh, because I really want to play this game because it looks awesome. I'm not sure if y'all watched the trailer or not. I, I did put a I link did. in the notes. Yeah, I watched oh, yeah, it. It looks great, man. I mean, this game looks really nice. Like you was talking about the VR. I would hope this game would be a VR game. Was it looks Dude, pretty that'd awesome? That'd be insane, right? Put that on VR. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> be beautiful. Just out there. I mean, I guess you could. I mean, you got the controllers now that can they can handle yeah. it. You know, well, I liked on their website it says uh, watch it in 4K even if you only have a 1080p monitor because right, yeah. it seriously looks freaking ridiculous. It's very realistic, very uh, pretty, very very gorgeous setting and then you got these scary glow-eyed zombies coming at you i don't think they're zombies i think they're demons like What's, literally i think you're in hell again i think it kind thought of i was in a walking piggy- dead trailer for a second there. i think they may be piggybacking <laughs> off a of painkiller you know to be honest with you. well you know um, it is very very reminiscent of that game as far as the way the weapons look and the- dude did you ever play painkiller chris yeah i've played that a little bit i mean i watched you play it too Right, yeah. You know, of course, we played. I played this on an old computer, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, of course, I built it. You know, that's what I do. <laughs> Ho hum, yeah. that's me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. I, I was. Yeah. I think it might have been the first computer I ever built too, because I also played. Uh, I played a game that we'll be discussing next. Uh, Next podcast called Wolfenstein Enemy Territory. And uh, I really love that game. And like I said, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ba- About the only thing I can tell you that this game's going to have in it is most likely you're going to use the standard WASD keys. Um probably a couple other keys, you know, just to, like, cast magic and stuff like that. Because in the trailer, it actually shows him, like, raising his fist and, like, throwing the uh, zombies, demons, whatever the hell they are, backwards. (laughs) And um, it looked really interesting. Got me excited. 
Well, the problem is this was um, talked about in December of 2017 at, I think it was a, the awards for video games. It was a trailer at the awards show. And um, they haven't really said much about it over the whole year of 2018 so far. Uh, the last last Twitter entry was like July 16th. And hmm. it was talking about they want to do uh, developer diaries and stuff like that. So what they're what they're doing is getting enough, I guess, information or getting enough progress in the game done that way they can actually make those developer diaries, or they are making the developer diaries as they go along, and then they just want to have enough content to put those out for consumers or fans of the game itself. So. That's why you haven't really gotten a lot of information. But oh, I will say this. Usually, if you don't keep your game being talked about, uh, you, you're not putting out something about it, you're going to get a flop when you yep. launch it. So give us some information. Yep. That's all I'm saying. Got to publicize it, bitches. You got to tell the people about your game, man. I don't know what that. I don't know what I'm that old was. Greg. <laughs> I don't know what that was. It was Nancy. <laughs> Nancy. Hey, I big boy. Know. Oh no! <laughs> Come here and show off your big game to Nancy. What you, you doing out here, in my waters? If you want I, your game to succeed like Nancy, you gotta love it and stroke it. Oh, oh my God! Wow. <laughs> Look. Oh, okay. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, I, I opened that door. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut it. <clears throat> and and now it's shut. Yeah, it's gonna shut in here with me and Nancy. Oh no! Come here, boy. You 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 do understand that the people are gonna eventually want Nancy to be a recurring character on this podcast. <laughs> Nintendo with Nancy. Oh no. <laughs> Welcome to my podcast, Nintendo with Nancy. Nancy the lunch lady does Nintendo. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> that's awesome. I'll hook this fucking thing in. Yeah. That's that's the first question that's gonna happen. You need holes? I got holes. Oh no. <laughs> well, if you'd put the post hole diggers up, we wouldn't have holes. <laughs> Anyway, you guys keep an eye out for Witchfire. I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy it like I'm going to enjoy it. Hopefully, I can get a free copy of it. The Astronauts. Okay? Mm -hmm. Zach, Genova Destro, remember me? <laughs> look the man up with a Witchfire game. That'd be nice. It, it, it does look like it'd be a great game, man. It looks the graphic Graphically, it looks like it'll be phenomenal. If they put... As much effort into this game as they did Painkiller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will tell you, it, it's going to be something that everybody's going to want. The only thing is, I hope they do a multiplayer for it. Right. Because remember Doom back in the day, going around shooting zombies, there was a multiplayer. But most of the time... You didn't get to hook up with anybody on that game because you had dial-up. 
<laughs> that eight meg connection. Gotta love now, that shit, man. Now let me tell you <laughs> what you mean. You mean fifty six k? Fifty six k. Yeah, that's right. Was the max back then? Now in the beginning, our computer had fourteen k. Had a fourteen k modem. Then. Mm. Ended up getting a twenty eight K. I'm like, shit, this is the best thing ever. You know, since <laughs> <I'm bread>. right. <laughs> so there's a friend of ours that lived down the road, Brandon. Uh, me and him would come home from school and the only way you could hook up with the other person is to call each other and put the modem into answering mode through a DOS prompt through the actual it was through the game's actual DOS prompt you had to go in to do it in. It was stupid as shit. And what sucked about it is it's dial-up, right? So it was only you and that one person. There was no monsters. It was just you and that other person shooting each other. Yes. In a death match. The death match. That's where that started, right? At that point, it was still freaking fun because you never experienced anything like that. Right, and it was awesome. And then, of course, you got tired of killing your buddy, and then he would, like, disconnect and call you on the phone. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah this, hopefully this game will turn out really nice it looks cool who knows when it's coming out I mean this it looks like it's pretty early stages of development I think it's going to be I'm going to say beginning of 2019 if not the end of this year yeah I think 2019 for sure this game I just don't see if it was going to be any earlier they would have already put out a lot more information yeah they'd it, be they'd be hyping it man they'd be putting some kind of advertisement or more trailers or something. I don't know. I just but, hope they don't run out of money. I mean, this yeah, this no game doubt. definitely is the definition of a future game because they're real. This is probably the one that we've talked about that has the least amount of information on it. Yes, this so is far, true. which is fine because it looks like they do have a trailer for it, guys. The link to that trailer will be down in the description of this podcast. So don't worry about that. So you can just click on the link down there in the description, and it'll take you straight to the trailer. So make sure you watch it. Yeah, you'll want to check it out. It looks badass. All right, well, is there anything else to add on Witchfire? That's all I got to say about that. All right. Well, check it out, guys. It's awesome. All right, so we are finally at the end of this podcast. It's awesome. It went real smooth, guys. I enjoyed it. It's um, the end. Lots of good information. It's the end of the world as we know it. Because Nancy's here. God oh damn it. So, guys, let's talk about where we can find each other on the internet here. Um, Scott, you started off telling us where we can find you out there. We'll talk I to am you. on. I'm on the YouTube's at the Games of Death. Death is spelled D-E-T-H. Um, also on uh, Twitch. Sometimes haven't been on there in a while, but it's uh, Death Dealer Three. And um, I have posted. Um, a recording to the Horton Brothers Grimm YouTube channel. So, you guys go check it out. Perfection, perfection. And Zach, about you, bro? You can find me at www.pornTube.com. Wait a fucking minute. That's the wrong one. That's the wrong sheet, brother. Whoops. Different podcast. Excuse me. Um, yes, I'm on uh, the YouTubes as well, watching everybody else do stuff. But I am Genova Destro on YouTube, also at Genova Destro on Twitter. Don't email me, because I won't check it. And 
Um, if you have my email address, don't don't spam me. I will I won't check it. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Twitch. Should I be stroke Twitch? <laughs> He's on Twitch, guys. I right, well, of course my YouTube channel is Bang Bang Potato. Just made over two thousand subscribers. Oh yeah, what 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 what? Go me. Thank you all for who has subscribed to my channel. If you're listening to this, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, you're awesome. that is awesome. Uh, we're just going to keep growing, but uh, come check it out, guys. We have a lot of fun over there on live streams. I stream quite a lot. And, uh, of course, you can find me at BangBangPotato1 on Twitter. You can tweet me there. BangBangPotato1 at gmail.com. If you want to email me and spam me, that's fine. I will fight it off. It doesn't matter. Now, if you want to find our podcast out there on the internet, there's several places you could go. Our new provider, our host provider, is Podbean. And I'd like to thank them for letting us pay them $15 a month for hosting. <laughs> We're <And> here. <laughs> take my money. <laughs> They're awesome. It is a really good service. It is a bit of an upgrade from what we had. There's a lot more tools and stuff to use. So Podbean is an excellent service if you're looking for a podcast host. It's only $15 a month. And also, we're on iTunes, of course, that you're hopefully listening to us on right now. Um, also, if you can go to our website, HortonBrothersGrim.com, and it'll tell you a lot more places you can find our podcast. And you can the links that we're talking about are in the description of this podcast and also on that website, HortonBrothersGrim.com. And we are at, at Horton Grimm on Twitter, and we're at Horton Brothers Grimm on YouTube. So check us out. Remember, all the links to everything we just told you are down in the description of this very podcast. All right, guys. Well, if we want to, real quick, we can reveal the games we're going to talk about next week. Do you have them selected? Hmm. Do you? Let's find out. Zach, you got retro. What you got? I already told you. Say it again. It's like the time we highlight it. What you say? I don't want. I don't want to say it again. Do it. Just do it. No. You. you no. Come on. You got Mm-mm. this. You say it. Reveal it. No. Do it. Nope. So, nope. Okay, fine. He said Wolfenstein Enemy Territory. Damn it. <laughs> that is the retro game he is going to talk about. So hopefully he has some good information better than I he wish they would remake that game. And that Please wish will it. come true, maybe. I don't know. We'll talk about it and find out. Then the current game will be talked about by you, Scott. So, Scott, what have you decided? Have you decided? Well, it's a, it's a game you guys know lots about. Um, I just started playing it. It's going to be uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yes! Awesome freaking game. I'm Good choice. Take a nap. With your $50 Wii U. <laughs> Bastard. Yes. And games, too. They, they included, the, what, five games? Yep. There was Wii U, five games, which included Breath, Breath of, of the, the Wild. Wild. That's correct. That's $60 by itself. I don't know what he did to scam this old lady, but I <laughs> want to find her and let her know. We're going to tell her. If everybody passed the word, let's find that old lady Scott scammed. <laughs> Scott scams. That's what, that'd be your Scott next segment. Scott scams. <laughs> <laughs> that goes right along with Scott's scorn and Chris's complaints, right? <laughs> That's right. We're gonna we're making these segments up, guys. Then. And Nancy's Nintendo. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's Nintendo with Nancy, okay? <laughs> That is awesome. And uh, I've got future game we're going to be talking about. Something that I'm new to as far as being a fan of. Never thought I would be a fan of this this game. Of these games. 
Uh, we're going to be talking about Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, a game that's coming out in November for the Nintendo Switch that I'm very much looking forward to because I've been playing uh, Leaf Green version on my channel and it's really fun. So, the Pikachu game. Tell me Pokemon. more. Pokemon. Yeah. Tell Pokemon. me more about the Pikachu game. Well, I will next uh, podcast. I don't know. <laughs> I've got to look into it a little more. I know about the game, but I'd, I'm going to give you a lot more details, I promise. You know I will. I will type in at least 1,026 words, at least. No. At least 1,026. He's probably going to go double with this one. Uh, well, heck yeah, I might go 2,000. It was at 52. 2,052. Yes. We'll see. We shall see. But that will be our podcast for this week. For this mm-hmm. two weeks. I guess we do it every two weeks. And we hope you enjoyed. We've had a good time recording it. So, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Hit subscribe and like on any other service. Show us some love. And we appreciate you all for being here. We'll talk to you soon. And bye for now. Scott and Zach, See say you. goodbye. Come on. Hit us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Nancy. Nancy. <laughs> Later. Yes. Peace.